0: Welcome everyone to Practical Rambling Fathers. Today we have our guest, Father uh, Andrew Bierman, my pastor out here in Fairmont, uh, lucky enough for me. He was also Father Taze rector back in the day wow. for two, uh, two years or so. So we're uh, happy to have him on our show and we're going to talk about Mary, um, who is Mary first off and then why she is important and then maybe go into um, how to have a devotion to her and what that looks like and then possibly going into some apologetics. So that's kind of what we have planned for today. Um, so, Father Bierman, when we say who's Mary and why we should have a devotion, what kind of is, come, comes to your mind as we, as we talk about that?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I think um, Mary is someone who is very important, uh, not just in our faith, but in the history of the world. Mm. Since all of history is centered on Jesus Christ. And he would not have been in this world had it not been for Mary. Right, awesome. So, um, so she plays an important role. Uh, even, the, even when we think of the, the time, our years are numbered from the birth of Christ. Mm. And, um, and we can't really think about the birth of Christ without thinking of Mary and her role uh, in that. I think uh, the importance of Mary is summarized in the Annunciation, which we just celebrated a couple days ago,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, in which she said to the angel Gabriel, let it be done to me according to your word. And uh, in other words, she's, uh, she's not being asked to do something so much as allowing something to happen. She says, let it be done to me. This this idea of becoming the mother of God and, and conceiving uh, as a virgin uh, without, the, uh, without a man being involved, a human being, is impossible.
0: Mm.
1: It's not something that she can say, oh yeah, I can do that. I'll be the mother of God. <laughs> I'll raise Jesus. I'll teach him about God and prayer, yeah. even though he is God. Uh, it would be prideful to her, for her to say, "Yes, I can do that." Mm-hmm.
2: But on the other hand,
1: she did, she did not have a false humility either in saying, mm-hmm. "No, it's beyond me. Uh, once you find someone else, I'm not I'm not up to the task here. Uh, uh, I'm not able to be the mother of God." Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, she she kind of went down the middle road, which was in humility avoiding pride and false humility, saying, let it be done to me according to your word. If this is what God wants, then I'm willing to allow him to do it. I'm willing to let him do it. Mm. And so it's, it's allowing the grace of God into her life and allowing God to work through her in becoming the mother of Jesus, the mother of God. And, and in some ways, I think that's the importance of Mary for each of us too, is she is a model for us.
0: Mm.
1: In showing that way of allowing God to work through us uh, to bring his grace into the world, into others.
0: What So you mentioned false humility and pride there. What would be, and um, kind of went into what Mary's response would have been, but um, talking about what would your idea of false humility be and your idea of what um, pride would be for those two?
1: well um pride is thinking more highly of ourselves than we are
0: mm-hmm. or
1: or thinking excessively of ourselves and um humility is not uh like a lot of people think it's not putting ourselves down mm. or or you know when we receive a compliment say no no you're not that's not true i'm i can't do anything that would be false humility true humility is thinking little of ourselves in the sense of we don't spend a lot of time thinking about ourselves. Mm. We, we try to forget ourselves and, uh, and uh, thinking of the other and thinking of God. So, so humility in that sense is living the truth of who we are mm. and, uh, and who we are is someone with great dignity as given by God. So if, if we fail to acknowledge that it's not being humble, it's, it's, um, false humility, self abasement. Putting ourselves down, so that's a vice, uh, just like pride. Humility is in the middle between those two extremes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's a good, timorous question. How does Mary, how did Mary walk the fine line between knowing false humility and a true humility? Because of course she wasn't prideful at all, but how does one walk between that line?
1: Well, I think she, in her Magnificat, she says. The soul, ha- uh, the Lord has looked upon his servant uh, with kindness, mm-hmm. upon his lowly servant. So I behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. She recognized that anything good that she has is a gift from God, and so giving proper credit to the Lord for all that she is and all that she has, I think, is is a way of real humility to say that anything good that you see here. Is a gift from God. It's not really my doing.
2: No, well, thank you, Father. Father, remember because sometimes people wonder about that because they think of humility is sometimes someone who just quiet and is afraid to share their feelings. So how do you, right. how do we how do we reconcile Mary's pondering and, yeah. and um, Mary's pondering as quiet and tear instead of just you know being submissive? yeah. As people yeah. often think.
1: Yeah, like being, being humble means you should just not say anything and withdraw into the corner and, uh, and not even be noticed. Well, I think, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, the priest in uh, our parish, Father Jim Lennon, was giving a homily on humility. And he talked about how Muhammad Ali used to go around saying, I am the greatest, I am the greatest. <laughs> Which for him, he says at that moment, was humility because it was true. At that time, he was the greatest boxer there was because he wow. defeated all his opponents. Right. So, I mean, maybe not to the extreme <laughs> of, of uh, the humility of Mary, but, but there's something to that, mm. to acknowledge uh, the truth wow. about who he is and who he was. And so that's the case with Mary, too. She didn't just uh, fade into the background. She yeah. recognized that God had given her something great. And and so it was her responsibility to share that with others. And that's why she says, all generations will call me blessed. She's not bragging. She's just acknowledging the truth, which is what came to be. All generations do call Mary blessed, the Blessed Virgin Mary.
0: Uh, One thing, I think you said this while you rector, maybe it was somebody else, but the sense that our yes is inside of Mary's yes um, Mm. kind of applies to that, right? you know, that, you know, young, like, say more
1: about that. Yeah.
0: So Mary, like Mary said yes to Jesus. And because of Jesus, we have the church, we have the sacraments, we have all of that. And so inside of my own vocation, I'm only mm-hmm. allowed to say yes, because Mary said yes, oh, in order okay. for me to yeah. have salvation about. That. Yeah, that's right.
1: So, yeah, she plays this, uh, a essential role in our salvations.
0: Right.
1: Uh, which is why the Uh, In some some ways, the the teaching that she is uh, Mm. co-redemptrix, not meaning she's equal to Jesus in redeeming us, but she is with Jesus in redeeming us. In other Mm. words, he he could have done it without her, obviously. He's God. He can do anything. But he chose to uh, make Mary part of our salvation, part of his saving task. Uh, and, and so she, he invited her to be with him in bringing salvation to the world by her own yes. And and I think in that way it kind of overturns uh, the original sin, which wasn't yeah. just a sin of Adam, it was Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And so there yeah. needed to be not just a new Adam who uh, was obedient to the Lord, God the Father. And, and that's when Jesus is in the garden and he says... Father, let this cup pass me by, yet not my will, but your will be done. But there also has to be a new Eve to Mm. overturn overturn the the sin of Eve in being disobedient and eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so we have that in the the words of Mary. um, Let it be done to me according to your word. In other words, not my will, but your will be done.
2: I'll tell you, you, have anything? Got any questions there? Oh, no, yes. Actually, I do. Um, sometimes people, when they think of that, like, how come we don't just refer to Mary as Mary? Why are the Catholics, especially in the Catholic world, there's so many titles attributed to Mary, and what does it all mean? For example, with the co-redemptrix that, that you just mentioned, Father Beerman.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the the word co-redemptrix is not an official title as, as in... Um, a church teaching from a, a council or anything like that, but it has been used to refer to Mary in the writings of um, Pope John Paul, Saint John Paul, and uh, and some of his audiences and things. Uh, and I think the reason they don't haven't declared it as a title is because it can be misleading when you think of co-redemptrix. it it gives you the idea that it's, she's equal to Jesus, which is not the case at all, like a pilot and a co-pilot. But, but it really just means co meaning with in Latin, meaning she, she is with Jesus in bringing redemption to the world. And not, not because she's, uh, she's necessary or, or essential, but it's because God, the father chose to involve her. And, uh, and and we rejoice at that at that gift, in the same way that uh, God chooses to invite us to be part of our own salvation, that it isn't just something that's completely done to us. We have to give consent as well, mm-hmm. and and say along with Mary, "Let it be done to me according to your word."
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you, because I know sometimes uh, when when we talk about Mary, a lot of people can be so dismissive right away. They're like. Oh, you know, it's, it's a Catholic thing, but then wow. thank you for explaining about her role and the lessons um, that we can, can learn from, from Mary. So that kind of leads us uh, you know, to, to, to the next question, which is, what are some things that we can do if we haven't had have a good or strong relationship with Mary?
1: Okay. Yeah, I think it's important to know that um, Mary has been given to us by Jesus as our spiritual mother. And uh, you can find that in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, which describes the battle between the woman and the dragon.
2: Right.
1: And uh, the woman is the one who gives birth to the son who will rule the nations with an iron rod. That's That refers to Jesus. So the woman is Mary. Right. And the ba- the devil goes off to battle against the rest of her offspring, it says, those who follow uh, Christ and keep his uh, commandments. Right. So, so all Christians according to that, are other offspring, other children of Mary. And then, of course, the the words of Jesus on the cross to the beloved disciple, which is all of us, behold your mother. Okay. So so we have our earthly mother, and then we also have our spiritual mother, uh, who is given to us to really um, accompany us and help us along the way of salvation. Uh, you know, in a way that is uh, very comforting to us in our hearts and that is as a mother um to to guide us like a mother guides her children and loves them and so it's a, it's a great blessing to to receive that care and intercession and guidance from mary our spiritual mother so if if um if we're not real sure or haven't had much of a practice of drawing close to mary i think um there's some, some easy ways that we can start to have that relationship with our spiritual mother. Um, and that is, of course, the main prayer that we know is the Hail Mary, mm-hmm. you know, which is from the words of Scripture, and it's asking her to intercede for us, to be a mother to us, in other words, uh, now in which we're living and at the hour of our death another key moment in our life. Bishop
0: Barron was saying during this lockdown quarantine, he was saying, say, start saying the rosary. It reminds you of your death 50 times, which <laughs> isn't a bad thing to be remembered by, you right. know, or like right. to remember, to recall in right. the moment of praying the Hail Mary and saying, and now to the hour of our death, like, you know, just saying it reminds us of our death, which is kind right. of like the saints say, right? right? Remember your death.
1: Right. But, yeah. And I think the rosary would be the next thing is, the, is, um, meditating on the life of Christ and the mysteries of his life along with Mary and, and thinking what was it like for her to, to be this close to Jesus, to, to give birth to him and the joy that that brought into the world and into her heart. And then we can apply it to our own lives. You know, What was the joy that was present when I was born? Mm, A- yeah. And reflect on that. You know, Or what was the joy when it was announced first that, that my mom was pregnant and had conceived and was with me? And, and the joy that brought into the heart of God. So, so I think mm. Mary helps us to think about these things, uh, the truth of who we are, that God uh, looks upon us with favor and he takes delight in us. And, uh, and the same is true of Mary. Like the love of a mother uh, is um, is uh, something that uh, never dies, and which is what the Lord says in the Scripture too: yeah. "Can a mother forget her infant? Yeah. Even should she forget, I will never forget you."
0: Right? What a comfort that is! What a comfort that is. Um, what would be other devotions? Um there's you know, some saints that I've done gotten really close to Mary and they're kind of Marian saints. Um mm-hmm. is there a general sense of do you have like a top five saints that you could think of that were really close to Mary that or even top three that, well, I think, that or led a devotion or something like yeah, that? Yeah, right? probably
1: Pope John Paul would be one. Mm-hmm. You know, he right. every time he uh spoke he ended with a prayer to Mary. And handed out rosaries wherever he went. So I have, I have uh, five to seven rosaries. I'm not sure how many from Pope (laughs) John Paul that he gave me when I met him at different times. Wow, that's cool. and
0: they're
1: they're in the relic box over there because he's now he's now a saint. So those are (laughs) second class relics. Score.
2: Um.
1: But, but yeah, I mean, St. Bernard of Clairvaux is someone who also had a great devotion to Mary and wrote okay. a lot about her. St. Louis de Montfort is that the book True Devotion to Mary, which is um, uh, a great way to uh, draw close to Mary. And, and he actually goes through there, what are some false devotions to Mary? And one is being afraid of taking honor away from Christ by giving it to Mary. And he says... Mary is a real person. She's not in competition with Jesus, her son. She directs everything to him. Right. And so if we draw close to Mary, she will bring us to, close to Jesus.
0: Yeah. I heard. I heard Bishop Barron when he was talking about the Rosary. He goes, um, "It's to an entirely different degree that we give honor to God than we do right. to Mary. Like we can't even fathom giving the honor to Mary that we do to God. Right? That's right. Yeah. That, I mean, it's not even a different of degree. It's an entirely different." like reality right, right together just right. praise, but right. i can you can sense that like how am i praising mary and is that taking away from god but once you realize like god is totally on a different scale than just mary um and mary you're praising as you may be able to do as a human in humility but like god is on that other side of of that and that's
1: where our praise mm-hmm. goes so yeah that's right. awesome mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's thinking of um, Mary is with us in praising God and mm. worshiping God. Um sometimes when they say uh there is only one intercessor and that is Jesus, uh which is a quote from St. Paul. Uh that's <laughs> true, but Mary is with us in interceding to Jesus, who then intercedes with the Father. So if we think of uh, Jesus as the head of the church, sometimes Mary has been thought of as the neck. Um, so, the neck <laughs> controls where the head turns.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good analogy. Yeah. But that's beautiful, Bobby, what you said. I, I love it because it puts a lot of people at ease because that's the biggest fear. You know, if I pray the rosary often, I feel like Jesus is being left out. Why am I going, um, you know, to Mary? That's, yeah. I, just, I think a lot of people don't understand or don't know that the more we get closer to Mary... She's always pointing back uh, to, to Jesus, and that's mm-hmm. how our faith can deepen. Yeah. So how, how do we help encourage people by saying, not just with the rosary, but with different saints, how can we keep telling them in what ways that Mary indeed will lead you to Jesus? Right? Mm-hmm. How, what, what evidence is there for that?
1: Well, I think that's, uh, that's part of the book True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort, saying the, the quickest and the easiest way to draw close to Jesus Is through Mary uh, that she will bring us quickly to her son because that's her that's her role she brought Jesus into the world and so she continues to bring him to each person uh, that wants to know him in a deeper way so that there's a new devotion or or way to pray through the true devotion to Mary uh, and that is uh, the book by uh, Father Gately, thirty-three days to yeah,
0: to, glory, morning to, glory, glory. Glory. to morning because glory. Yeah. Is, yeah, so it's
1: a it's a shortened version of the of the preparation for consecration to Mary.
0: Great. Um, just uh, to kind of wrap up, we just hit twenty minutes, but um, to talk about uh, apologetics a little bit of um, how do we have this conversation. Um, with our Protestant brothers and sisters who don't see Mary or don't have that same sense of who Mary is as us mm-hmm. as, as, as Catholics, where would we look in the Scriptures? Where would we look um, in how God did things um, for us to kind of have that conversation or to start yeah. that conversation?
1: Well, I think um, that passage in Revelation really seems pretty clear that mm-hmm. that Mary is our spiritual mother. You know, right. we, are, we are the rest of her offspring. And uh, if you look at the, the relationship in the Old Testament of the queen to the king, mm. um, the, uh, since the king had many wives and concubines, the queen was not his wife in, the, in that Jewish system. The queen was the mother because there was only one mother.
0: Right. And mm. so
1: when, when uh, Solomon was seated on the throne, uh, I think it's 1 Kings 2.19, they right. came to his mother Bathsheba who was seated next to him to ask for favors Mm -hmm. and then she would go and ask the king so the so the Queen mother uh, was uh, was the queen in the kingdom and that was the the mother not the wife of the king Uh, in uh, the other teachings about Mary uh, the Immaculate Conception, for example, there's an indication or a hint. It's probably not a proof for those who w- wouldn't accept it, but that in the words of the angel that says "Hail Mary, full of grace." Mm-hmm. If she is full of grace, there is nothing in common between her and the evil one. That mm-hmm. there is there is no sin, there is no stain of sin in her. She is full of grace, and yes. that's what the word immaculate actually means: without stain. So so she was conceived immaculately, uh, not just at the moment of her birth, but at the moment of her conception, from the first moment of her existence. But it was by the grace of Christ dying on the cross that, that brought about uh, this gift. She was saved by Jesus, only it was done ahead of time in her case.
0: Yeah. Right, what is that? Preeminent grace
1: or prevenient grace? Prevenient grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. all the different
0: types of grace. Right. We should do a podcast after Easter on all the types of grace. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Like, what is grace? I don't know. There's four or five different types of it. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Catechism. And then Mary, as the mother of God, is is uh, hinted at by the words of Elizabeth, who is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mm. This was an important teaching in the in the history of the church as they were. Uh, hammering out the, uh, who is Jesus and, uh, and the understanding of Christology, that Jesus is God and man. Right. Yep. One person who is divine with two natures, human and divine. So since Mary is the mother of a person, not of a nature, and the person is divine, in this case it's Jesus, the Son of God, that means Mary is the mother of God. To give her that title is Safeguards the Teaching of who Jesus is—that He is God,
0: right? Because without the understanding of who Mary is, we don't have the understanding of who Jesus That's is. That's right. That's it, right. Yeah. You
1: know, otherwise, yeah. He's just a a mere human being, and then we're not saved.
0: Yeah, saved. Oh. That would be a bummer. Right. <laughs> That's right. Man, shoot.
1: No. Okay, so uh, do you want me to go through the other two Yeah, teachings? go okay. for it. Yeah, you might as well. The next one is Mary is ever virgin, and that is uh, she, she remained a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Christ. So, so she did not have relations with a man uh, at any time in her life, and that's, uh, that's been the uh, teaching of the church since the very beginning. It does refer to brothers and sisters of Jesus in the Scriptures, uh, but that's a term that that can also mean close relatives. And as we see uh, in the Catechism, it says, James and Joseph and Judas, who are brothers of Jesus, are sons of the other Mary. And so they're, they're, according to the tradition, Mary had an older sister whose name was also Mary. And uh, uh, you would think, why would they have two kids the same name, but... Um, it's been done before. George okay. Foreman named all of his sons, all seven of them, George. So there's seven George Foremans.
0: I didn't know that. That's you crazy. didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. That's awesome.
1: You've been using his grill all this I time. I have been you using his know. grill this
0: whole time, and I didn't know that. Dang it. Thanks, George. George and George. Yep, George, George. Foreman the first. George Foreman the second. Son. That's awesome. Do <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, and the last one is the assumption of Mary into heaven, that at the end of her life, Mary, since she didn't have original sin, didn't suffer corruption of her body from death, like, which is one of the effects of sin. And so she was taken up, uh, whether she died or not, at the end of her life, taken up body and soul into heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and if you go around the world, there is no place, there are, there are places that claim to be the last resting place of Mary where she fell asleep, or even there's a tomb of Mary. But none of them claim to have her body right. or her bones. And, yep. that, and so uh, that points to the fact that she was taken up into heaven, body and mm. soul. And the book of Revelation describes that as well. He says, I saw the Ark of the Covenant with the crown of stars on her head and the moon beneath her feet. And so he's, he's seeing someone who has a body.
0: Because mm. Mary's the new Ark.
1: That's right. Mary's the new ark because
0: of the dwelling of the mm-hmm. that's right. yeah, Jesus. Yep. Yeah. No, yep. mm-hmm.
1: that's also Revelation twelve.
0: God's dwelling, right? Because Mary becomes the new ark. Right. David dances in front of the ark, and uh, John the Baptist leaps in, in front of. Yeah, Mary. he leaps yeah. in the womb when Mary comes. Right. So that parallel is with in Scripture. Of right. The yep. new ark and the new or the old ark and the new ark, yep. and the leaping and the joy. Yeah. that. That is.
2: Sorry. Those are on my phone.
0: <laughs> um, what, do, what was one song? Oh, um, Wedding of Cana. At Wedding of Cana, Mary says something super profound, and it's her last words in Scripture, right? She says, do whatever he tells you.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um,
0: and I don't know that all of us fast-forward that all the way to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because even that, like Mary's last words that are written in Scripture, if you fast-forward all the way to the cross... It's basically saying, I'm on the cross. Jesus is up on the cross, and he says, behold your mother. Mm-hmm. Right, and, so, and she's already said her last words. Do whatever right. he says. Right. And so right. she doesn't need to repeat, do what she says, because she's already said, do whatever right. he says. And right. so um, I think that was a profound, I forget mm. what book I was reading, but when I was reading, when I read that, I was like, oh my. I think it was in Louis de Montfort's. He was just like, Mary had already said all that she needed to say between her canticle Mm-hmm. And the wedding feast; that the rest of Scripture she's silent. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's that. Uh, that shows the intercession of Mary at the wedding of Cana too. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like Jesus wasn't going to do anything because he says, "What is this between you and me? My hour has not yet come." Right. Really? And uh, because she asks him about the wine, and uh, and she says, she just says to the servants, "Do whatever he tells you." So she trusts that he's going to do the right thing because she made the request. And sure enough, uh, he does change the water into wine because of the intercession of Mary. So that shows us also that uh, she's a powerful intercessor to help us in uh, answering our prayers that otherwise maybe Jesus uh, wouldn't answer. Uh, Well, of course, he always answers our prayers. But um, she she helps our prayers to have greater power because she's making the request along with us. And it's hard for someone to refuse their own mother when they're asking them to do something. Yep, we know that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. So.
1: Father Tay, anything else or you
0: want to take us out of here?
2: Yes. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Father Beerman, for taking the time with yeah, us. Thank six. you. A very critical part of our faith. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Continue to pray. During this difficult time, and I want to encourage you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, to start now. Something simple as praying um, the Hail Mary, really focusing on the words, or even reading the Gospel of Luke, which has a lot of uh, stories about Mary and her life and her her perspective, because he was very close to her. Um, So I just want to encourage you guys to look over those Gospels. Um, Thank you so much. Once again, we are the Practical Rambling Fathers, and uh, may God bless you.
0: All right, and next week we'll be talking about uh, being beloved daughter daughter or son of God. Um, What is my mission in general? What's the general sense of what God is calling me to? So join us next week. Talk to you then. Bye.